What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, hello, America. I learned something new about our judicial system yesterday. Apparently, they can tell you what your home's worth. Apparently, they can just shut you down on business. I've never seen this before. I'm tired of saying that. I've never seen this before. But we learn something new every day on this program about this thing we used to call America. We're going there in 60 seconds. It's time to give pain a taste of its own medicine. Uh, I used to suffer from frequent and debilitating pain. I mean, the pain in my hands were so bad, I could not open and close them quickly. I couldn't move my finger. I couldn't. I couldn't even hold a pen or a paintbrush, and I now am painting a lot, and I'm just starting to learn to play the piano. I don't know if that's going to work out the way the painting thing did, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. You need to swing for the fences if you are in pain. Try Relief Factor. Will you just try it? Three-week quick start. This is what I promised my wife. You take it, and you'll take it as directed? Yes. Okay. And you can have a lollipop after the three weeks for trying. Okay, Mom. Three-week quick start is $19.95. It's a trial pack. It's not a drug, so it's not going to dope you up, and you're not going to be spaced out all day. It is something that works on inflammation, which is the biggest problem with our, our bodies and pain and disease. About 70% of the people who order Quick Start uh, go on to order more month after month. Why? Well, I don't know. I'm ordering because it works for me. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four, Relief. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. So, Stu, a New York court ruled Tuesday. Boy, I, I have to tell you, if... Uh, if I were in New York or I were in Washington, D.C. or any of these blue states, I'd be thinking I should probably leave here because I don't think I can get a fair trial. Hmm. New York court ruled Tuesday that former President Donald Trump had committed fraud for years to build his fortune. New York judge Arthur Engeron ruled in a civil case brought by New York Attorney General James now, this the one was like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him and his little dog, too. So that's what she ran on. That's what she ran on. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the little dog as well, but she did run on. I'm going to get him. She did not specify the size of the dog. That's true. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. So the the um, court system and the, the DA decided not to prosecute. Okay, they, they, they decided Alvin Bragg. Yeah, Alvin Bragg. They decided not to prosecute police and the uh, central, the uh, Southern District of New York FBI. Nobody took this on because they didn't think there was anything there. So she decides to go through civil court to take him on. So now she found a judge that will say that that he engaged in fraud. Now, do I think that Donald Trump inflated numbers of his wealth? <laughs> yes. Yes, really? I do. Yes, I do. Right, now, what evidence do you have? Well, everything. Okay. Uh, pretty much everything. <laughs> now, uh, it's totally fine to do that publicly. I mean, well, totally fine is not the right yeah. term. Yeah, it is not illegal Correct. to say that you have $10 billion when you have $2 billion or Correct. whatever. I'm not saying that's what he did, but 
Uh, you can say that, right? right? You could say you're the wealthiest person in the world when you are not publicly at a press conference and there's no crime being right. committed. But I will tell you, I mean, if you're if you're misstating things intentionally, that is called fraud. And mm-hmm. uh, especially when you do it on documents correct. over and over and over now, again to I, banks and insurance companies. I don't know about you, but I've never lied on my banking statements when I'm going to get a loan because they generally check those things out. I'm I would be terrified to do so. <laughs> right. Um, right. Now, when you have the reputation and, and again, I don't know if this was Trump specifically. This is about his organization. Sure. Right? So sure. some it could be one of his other executives doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like it was done often. And when you're Donald Trump and you have the reputation of being Donald Trump, being very wealthy, everything's the most grandiose thing in the world. You know, there's probably they're gonna not take, as they're much gonna questioning, take, right? Really? They're going to take, they're going to give you a $250 million loan and not check it out? I mean, I think they're, I mean, are they going to check out the square footage of his apartment? I don't know. Probably not. Right. So, so the judge said yesterday that Marlago, he overstated the price. Just a tad. Just a tad. He said it's worth $18 million. No. Uh, I think it was the other way around. He said it was worth more for this particular. No, no, no. The judge Mm -hmm. said that it was only worth 18 million. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I thought he, I thought you meant Trump. Yeah. No, Trump said it was worth, I don't even know. 700 million, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he did put probably a hundred million dollars into that place. Mm -hmm. And it is also uh, a, a legacy property. I mean, it's not going for $18 million. Now. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I'm going to say what, they neither one may be correct, but if correct. I was going to say which one is closer to its actual value, I would say seven hundred million dollars. I would too. I mean, I. I mean, are, it could be worth two hundred, three hundred, five hundred million. It's not worth twenty-five million or right. There's seven million. It's no, just no. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, no. it's how many square feet is it? I don't even know. It is. It. It is the this entire like peninsula that goes out of this land bridge that goes out. In West Palm, I don't know if you can get an apartment for eighteen million dollars right on the water, both sides. Right, like a normal four thousand square foot house, which I would assume is pretty small, right? Yeah, I'm not uh, for uh, for West Palm Beach, but probably like the average McMansion in Florida. I mean, maybe yeah, it's four thousand, maybe. maybe. Uh, you know, I'm just guesstimating here. But I mean, a, a four thousand square foot house in, in West Palm Beach has already got to be Four million, five million dollars. Go to realtor.com. There you go. Find out. By the way, one hundred twenty-six rooms, sixty-two thousand five hundred square feet for Mar-a-Lago, and it's an operating business. Okay, Okay. sixty-two thousand square feet. Okay, with both sides on the ocean and golf courses, right? Like, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's got a banquet room. It is. uh, I mean, it's. Crazy. I mean, well, could you convince me it's only worth three hundred million? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but like, it's not Stu, worth. It's not worth eighteen. This is a fifty-year-old movie studio. Right. Okay, fifty-year-old movie studio. Mm-hmm. Not. I mean, it is a historic site in Texas now, but it's not like Marlago. No. And you mean the one we're sitting in. The right one now. we're sitting mm-hmm. in right now. It's maybe worth fifteen million dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fifteen million dollars. You're telling me I could have had Marlago. <laughs> I think I would have taken Marlago. 
<laughs> Did they break. really say $18 million is 18, the right number? That's what the judge said, $18 million. I mean, that's completely absurd. What year were they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> when it was 18, built, maybe? Yeah. In 1945, maybe it was worth $18 million. I mean, it's crazy. That is really le- legitimately nuts. But I mean, you know, West Palm Beach is, uh, you know, one of the most expensive areas in the entire country. Uh, you know, it is, uh, it's, you know, obviously like this is a place where super wealthy people run away from other wealthy people. <laughs> like, when they're annoyed <laughs> with low class wealthy people, they right. go to West Palm Beach. So let me just go to uh, any price listing uh, status. Where can I get uh, rooms? I mean, I can get uh, from high to low. It doesn't necessarily do that. That's that's ridiculous. I love that. We're now in Glenn's head as he's attempting tech uh, tasks. Thank you. This is this is how it works. Like I'm going to put a minimum of five million. in. Okay. Okay. So five million dollars is the min is the minimum I want to see. Okay. So let's. uh, All right. So I have a three bedroom, three and a half bath for seven point eight million. Mm-hmm. That's a condo overlooking. Yeah. Okay. I have another condo for six point one. Uh, they have square footage listed or no? Uh, yeah, two thousand square feet. Two thousand square feet. Yeah. And how many millions of dollars? Uh, six point one. But you could get Mar-a-Lago for only right. three times the cost. Right. I wow. have a one a a one acre lot. Okay. Uh, it does. It has. It shows a picture of a house, but. I have a feeling the house is so horrible mm-hmm. that, that you know you know how they do that like look at this and they're selling it as a lot not a yeah, house not a house 8.4 a 1 acre lot how many wow. acres is Marlago Ah uh, that's a good question um lot It was 1980 hold on a second uh let's see um we're looking here once uh, 17-acre estate. Uh, that's the Federal Foundation Aviation. Yeah, it's hard to... It looks like 17 acres. But there's a, okay. currently a two... Okay. There's a 2.32-acre plot, which has nothing on it. This is grass. It currently listed uh, for $200 million. It is a... Okay. It is a... <laughs> it is a very nice plot of land. Right. However... Uh, uh, you know, you wouldn't think that just land would be two hundred million. <laughs> no, they haven't sold this yet. It could be one of those eBay things, sure. where it has not sold. Well, uh, here I have a five bedroom, five and a half bath, five thousand uh, square feet. Okay, so a and nice half an acre. Okay, so like a uh, this is what you might throw at out as a McMansion, right? A big, yeah. a very nice big house, mm-hmm. uh, not a ton of land, right? Usually a half an acre, half an acre. So the half house fits, but barely. Uh huh. Right. Yes. How much are they asking for that? Eleven point nine. Okay. 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 So I'm this just. Is, I'm. It's an expensive area. I'm just saying. Uh, there's a condo here for five thousand square feet, four bedroom, four and a half bath, no land. Uh, Eight point four. Uh, there is a condo, six bedroom condo, six bedroom, seven and a half bath, nine thousand two hundred and thirty-two square feet, and that's thirty-nine million. I mean, come on! Now he the claim is that the Palm Beach County Assessor had appraised Mar-a-Lago's market value between eighteen point eighteen million and twenty-seven point six million. Now. 
I don't, I mean, like the assessors a lot of times have strange values on homes, right? Have you ever noticed that? Like when you're looking oh, yeah. at, ta- like, again, you don't, you're not doing this yourself. You're looking at someone else assessing your home and it, it doesn't always align with what Zillow says, right? Um, so that wouldn't necessarily be fraud. I mean, I, you have to believe it's much, much closer. I mean, $426.5 million for Mar-a-Lago, which was their low, was the low end value that Trump had put it at is reasonable seems about reasonable reasonable i i, I, I again I don't, i've never bought anything in the nine figures not even one single purchase in my life i've never made a nine figure purchase but i would assume <laughs> really that, like, i make them all the time yeah you might make them all the time no, I'm, just try, I look, I'm just trying to, to i'm trying to relate no. you got to understand to the, i'm saying to the audience you got to understand yeah to I'm trying to get glenn to understand that not everyone makes nine figure purchases <laughs> but <laughs> you know a nine figure purchase Look, the difference between 100 and 400 million, I think, for the average person might be difficult to, uh, I don't, how would you even figure that out, like, without going to some expert? But I got to believe just, just, just back of the envelope, $400 million seems pretty reasonable for Mar-a-Lago. I mean, it's probably around where it is. Like, it couldn't possibly be $18 million. That's, that is bonkers. It's asinine. And anyone who knows anything about real estate would say that, yet everybody in the media I have heard talk about the story has quoted the overstatement of twenty three hundred percent from uh, from Letitia James, which is it's bonkers. So anyway, they are uh, breaking his companies up now. the The court has uh, taken control and is uh, assigning people to take over the country, uh, the company, and break it apart. And uh, I don't know. Sell the assets off. I, I guess that's what you do. Uh, if anybody is in the in the market for a really huge, really huge house that also has uh, beachfront property on both sides of it, uh, you might be able to get a deal well, soon. This is a New York based ruling, though, right? So this what's what's in danger here are his New York properties. Which is the golf course in Westchester, Trump Tower, uh, what is it, 40 it's Wall Street? Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Uh, I mean, they were really going after all of it and trying to get him to to force his control to be gone. So, I mean, Eric is the one who runs the company so, right now, and he would be out. This is why we have uh, always, always done well in America, because you could count on the law to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Nobody in, in my lifetime. I never heard, uh, you know, stories day after day where I went, wow, never heard that done before. Never. And that's why people invested in America. That's why companies were built here in America, because somebody just couldn't take it away from you. Yeah, you know? that's why you don't want to do business in Venezuela. Exactly right. right. They can just take it away. Mm-hmm. They can accuse you of something and just take it away. Uh, and uh, and the law did not really matter. The law was just uh, a player in somebody's curio cabinet. Uh, and that's exactly what's happening now in America. You want to destroy some somebody? No, you can destroy them. Destroy their whole life. It's It's really sick. Now, there's, on the other side of things, still no evidence that the president or his son did anything wrong. Well, there's a new piece of what I would like to call evidence, but I know the mainstream media will just say, oh, this is just hyperbole. Uh-huh. 
So you can listen to the people who said Mar-a-Lago was worth $18 million, or you can <laughs> listen to us. We'll tell you the latest on uh, crime in America, and I mean crime coming. It is overwhelming, the crime that is coming out of Washington now. We'll tell you about it in just one minute. So one minute, everything is fine. You're going about your day. You got pep in your step, you know, you glide in your stride and you're, you know, like I am up. I'm ready to go. Your entire life all of a sudden is upside down. Why? Because some Russian with get rich quick attitude is acting to personal information online. I'm having a spending spree on your dime. I am at place called Little Caesars right now. It happens more often than you think. Everything you have could be on the line at any time. Don't wait for somebody to steal your personal information and identity. Start protecting yourself from it. And the best way to do that is LifeLock by Norton. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses because I'm very good at what I do. But you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. 10 seconds. Station ID. Now... No judge in New York is looking into Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden uh, was sent more than $250,000 in wire transfers originating from his business partners in China. And the address of Joe Biden's home in Delaware, where he had that very secure uh, Corvette. That's that was the address as the beneficiary address. This, uh, it's, hmm? Again, fascinating detail. Not evidence. We know that. That's definitely not evidence. No, there's no evidence. No evidence whatsoever. Mm. But it is a fascinating thing. And once again, on an official piece of paper, like this is a document that could be utilized in a court of law. These records are now held by the Republicans uh-huh. who say this is not the end of this. Yeah. And uh, you yeah. think that would be that would count as evidence. Well, there was there was one for 10,000. And then okay. there well, was ten thousand dollars. Isn't that much? Money, isn't though. that much it's money that from much the money. communists? No, it's no. a few bucks. You know, uh, so ten thousand dollars went, and then there was another transfer of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But that's nowhere near the eighteen uh, eighteen million dollars that you w- would have to have to buy Mar-a-Lago. It might be a good down payment on yeah, Mar-a-Lago. I think. Maybe, it, I think they take a bank would be like, you know what? This mm-hmm. is only worth eighteen thousand. We'll take the two fifty. So now uh, the problem with this story is, is that, um, you know, two wire transfers to Joe Biden's house uh, came from Jonathan Lee. Now, who is Jonathan Lee? Well, when Joe Biden was vice president, he spoke on the phone and had coffee with Jonathan Lee in Beijing and then later wrote a college letter of recommendation for his children. Remember, that's where he's like, okay, yeah, well, I I knew, uh, but I didn't really know him. I wrote a letter of recommendation. Yeah, you also got a wire transfer delivered right to your house. Uh, He was um, he was kind of instrumental at CFC, CEFC, which is the China Energy uh, Company. That was a front for the Chinese Communist Party. 
and this is also the deal where um, in the 2017 email from Hunter Biden, where he referenced 10 held by H for the big guy. So, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What a coincidence. He got a wire of $10,000 and then another two hundred and fifty. dollars Ha, that's strange. It's bizarre. I'm sure it has nothing to do with one or the other, you know? None. There's so many coincidences out there. Right. You know, that it's, they're so, they're, it's not evidence, but, can we but t- it's evidence of a coincidence. Can we tell you that we have it on pretty good authority now that Donald Trump exaggerates his wealth? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah. Okay. They won't, they won't talk about that. <laughs> they won't talk about that. But, uh, oh, sure, they, they want to make a big deal out of the president getting getting money wired directly to his house. When it's referenced 10 for the big guy, I mean, I, no big. What? The Glenn Beck Program. According to the uh, recent article in the Washington Examiner, new home sales fell last month amidst the disastrous effects of Bidenomics catching up with the housing market. The Fed has continued to raise rates since March of last year. Homeowners who got locked into a low rate during the pandemic are holding back on selling their homes. Why sell now and have to turn around and buy a high interest rate? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is uh, it makes the homes that are on the market a hot commodity. And why is that good news? Because this is where the really great real estate agent gets a chance to shine. Because because you're listening to me, you know, you're just a website away from being in touch with the best real estate agent in your area. My company, Real Estate Agents I Trust, will put you in touch with the best one, in our opinion, from your area. And from there... The world of buying and selling homes is your oyster. You know what I'm saying? Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Get the right real estate agent and get the best deal for your house. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. We've got debate coverage tonight. Don't miss it. Use the promo code Glenn. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I just, I cannot believe what this New York judge is attempting to do to Donald Trump. Uh, Taking away his company because they say he overstated the value of his company. Well, if this is any example of how Donald Trump overstated things, he said in his filings that Mar-a-Lago is worth 400, what did did he say, 400 or 450? yeah, it was like around that between four to seven hundred million, I yeah, think, okay. was the number four to seven hundred million is what he said it was worth. The judge said it was worth 18. Now, in <laughs> 1985, when he purchased the lowest acceptable offer for the house was 20 million plus eight million dollars for the historic furniture. Then he bought the land across the street to connect it to the ocean on both sides. He bought that for two million. So that means we should just stop and note how incredible that is. Two million dollars for the land on the ocean, right by Mar-a-Lago. Okay. So, but in in 1985, 85. So he buys that now. It's worth 
uh, $30 million. All those purchases together, $30 $30 million. Just with inflation, if you bought a hard asset worth $30 million at the time, just inflation alone, that asset is now worth $85 million. So just because of inflated money, it's worth 85. Now, add to that that this is a historic site that has been completely renovated and now also is a business and is now known as the Southern White House. Yeah. I think it's worth more than 18 million. I'm just uh, saying. I go with considerably more, uh, yeah. Glenn. Now, can we also add a couple of other details to this? After Trump bought it, he added a 20,000 square foot ballroom to and the property. And if you've ever seen it, it's it's not like a, a little add-on. It's, it's not, not like no. it's not like they no. put a roof over the you know carport. Right. It's <laughs> a, it's pretty. It's very nice. Very nice. Yeah. As you'd assume it would be. Yes. Um. He now we should also point out you you said twenty million dollars, which is true. That was their minimum bid. Yeah. Now he bid. 15 million yes and now, they turned it down because it was worth 20 right it was worth 20 mm-hmm. then he bought the land uh, in front of the this ocean so donald Trump. for two million dollars yes. and then went to mar-a-lago and said i'm going to build a giant building here that's going to block mar-a-lago's view of the ocean so then people said well now i don't want to buy mar-a-lago because i won't have the view of the ocean and so then he was able to purchase the pr- property not for 20 million not for fifteen million, which he already had offered, but instead for seven million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so he got it for seven, which is incredible, and less than the uh, the furniture cost inside the house. He actually paid less money than they had estimated the furniture was worth inside. Um, now, now it had a lot of work that had to be done too. It right, had it, really fallen into disrepair. It, there was a lot of work, and he put that work in. Um, and it is also now turned into quite not only a business, but like a very good business that generates t- millions and millions of, of dollars of revenue. Um, in 2014, it was estimated at $10 million a year in revenue. The year Trump announced his presidential run, sales had estimated at $22 million. And then the following year, $29 million in revenue from this property now, there's some some real estate experts say, well, actually, if you could just wipe that, if you could just bulldoze the thing and build a, a, a or you can't, it, you can't. So you, the deed says you ca- it has to remain a club so they, they can't make a personal residence out of it, which if you could make a personal residence out of it, there's arguments that it could be worth even more just because, you know, I guess that's the way these things right. work. Though you'd think something that's generating millions of dollars of revenue would be worth more, you know, but. I don't know. That's what some of these experts are saying. Bottom line is Forbes estimated the value of this property at $350 million just last year. Now, some they 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 also had some people who said it was worth around $200 million and some people who said it was worth up to $725 million. Trump's estimates were between four and $600 million, basically. I think it was $612 million was his high estimate that he had used. So, so I, I mean, t- it's pretty darn close. Again, appropriate. And remember, this isn't just, hey, Trump says and the bank does. The bank then assesses it themselves on a purchase. Like, they look at this and they come up with their own number, right? And they might, they don't have to just essentially believe 
Trump. They wouldn't just believe him. They might say, okay, well. He has, he is known. He's known, of course, He's known to, it's the greatest thing ever built. But, well. It's a, it's a snack bar. But it's the best golden snack bar you've ever had. Remember his grin looking up saying it was the best taco salad he'd ever had on Cinco de Mayo? Do you remember this? Right, yes. Uh, And and the, the thing about Donald Trump is we've only known this about him for half a century. Right? Like, he has been in the public eye for nearly 50 years doing this. So this would not be a surprise. Now, look, is there a problem? You know, this is the type of thing that there is some evidence, right? Like, at times, he has overblown the value of his properties. And you could argue that. But it's hard because he's also undersold them on different documents where that would be beneficial to him. And that could be a problem for a business. And that problem probably results in normal circumstances. If you're caught, which would be rare, it would be probably a small fine. Right? Like that is the, the, the that's what this normally would be. It would not be we're taking all of your buildings in New York City. We're dissolving your company, which is what they're trying to do in New York right now. None of this makes any sense unless you apply the filter of knowing that Donald Trump is enemy number one to the people doing it. That's the only way this makes any sense whatsoever. It's crazy. And it's, it is, Glenn. You know, it's really reminiscent of go to Russia and try to do business right now. Oh, yeah. Go to Venezuela and try to do business it's right now. It's exactly the same. These are the things that happen to people. He- and because it's not happening to everyone here, it is different. But what is happening to Donald Trump in many of these circumstances is very reminiscent of what's going on in these countries. And if you think they'll stop at Donald Trump, I mean, they're going to pull in the biggest fish of all and then care about you. If they want it, they'll take it. Um, By the way, he revoked the business licenses of some of Trump's companies and ordered a receiver appointed to oversee the disillusion of those companies. Among those companies is Trump's flagship Trump, Trump organization. This is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. By the way, the district attorney of Manhattan declined to file any criminal charges in this case. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They looked at this. They looked at this closely because, you know, there is, as I noted, there is some evidence where they could come up with something here. Uh, but again, it would usually lead to a fine a slap on the wrist. Hey, you know, you, you need to get this stuff right, whatever. Uh, but it's notable that all these banks and insurance companies looked at this stuff and went along with it. They were fine with it. And they all made money. They all did well. So let me uh, let me change subjects just a bit. Trump is gaining in the polls against Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all freaking out now. Let me just share with you this from the mainstream media. Biden's campaign secret mission for reelection. Don't let him trip. President Biden with the first lady has been wearing tennis shoes more often as a precaution. Biden and his campaign are working on a critical project for his reelection bid. Make sure he doesn't trip. As voters express deep concerns about the 80 year old president's age and fitness for office, Biden's team is taking extra steps to prevent him from stumbling in public as he did in June when he tripped over a sandbag at the Air Force Academy. With a physical therapist, Biden has been doing exercises to improve his balance as far back as November 2021. 
Since his stumble in June, he's been wearing tennis shoes more often to avoid slipping and using the short stairs at Air Force One, entering the plane on a lower deck than before. This is the mainstream media. Then yesterday, do we have the video of him uh, slipping, going down the stairs from Air Force One? Here he comes from Air Force One. Whoopsie, he slips. It's not bad. He holds on. He doesn't fall. Maybe that is from the physical therapy that he's doing. So also from the uh, media, President Joe Biden appeared to slip while walking down the short stairs from Air Force One on Wednesday after staff mocked a report about how they were trying to prevent him from falling. Same day. While passed unanimously in the state Senate, the bill was nearly defeated in the state assembly's public safety committee. But California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a Republican-authored bill into law that makes trafficking minors a serious felony, marking an end to the saga of a bill that drew national attention when a small group of Democrats in the state assembly attempted to stop the bill in committee. Hmm. So now last week we had a bill that was all signed and ready to go that would make it illegal for you to not affirm your child's choice of gender. Your kids would be taken from you, right? Yes. Under this bill or could be. And everybody said no brainer. Now. And he vetoed it. He vetoed it over the weekend, Mm -hmm. and now he's getting tough on trafficking of minors. (laughs) Huh. Certainly, I mean, everything about Gavin Newsom says he's running. Everything. With the exception of him physically saying he's running. Everything. I mean, this debate with Ron DeSantis on Sean Hannity's show, like... What? What? You're a governor? You're debating a presidential candidate on on Fox News? What, What... what is that? I mean, most Democrats won't even go on Fox News. But he'll do debate. He's doing a debate on Sean Hannity's show? I mean, he's running ads in Florida, come to California. I mean, it's everything. almost like there's a shadow campaign going on. Yes, and I mean, there there is, right? Yeah, there there's, is. There's this calculation likely being made that something, you know, look, maybe this Biden thing doesn't happen. I, I should be in the position to to take this if it does and look look if biden winds up running I, he's positioning himself for the next campaign though i will say that wouldn't you say glenn you know knowing what you know about media and audiences isn't the isn't the debate on hannity's show relatively risky for newsom i mean if he gets blown out by desantis who's a smart guy uh, if he loses that debate, he's and it's on Fox News. It, the mo- Sean Hannity's the moderator. He's not going to have friend a lot of friends in the room. And he loses that debate. I mean, he's done, isn't he? He's done. Well, because Sean Hannity is the mon- moderator, it'd be like me being the moderator. They'll say, "Well, it was rigged against him. He sure. didn't have a chance." But if he really loses, and people look, I mean, of course, the media will come up with their excuses, no matter what. But if he really loses that, Democrats are going to be like, "Why? Why would we pick this guy?" The whole argument was that he was this brilliant politician in the next wave. Well, obviously, he can't even beat DeSantis in a debate. Now, if he wins, there's a big upside, right? Yeah, huge. If he was able to dominate the debate and actually come out of there as like a real winner, you could see that being a real I advantage. I just don't see that happening. I don't either. I mean, against DeSantis. And I just don't. Also, like, it's just hard to go into somebody else's house 
with with a moderator who is not going to be friendly to you, who's going to see the other guy's side on every one of these questions. You know, he I think he thinks he's the tough guy. And look, the thing we know about Gavin Newsom most is that no one has a higher opinion of Gavin Newsom than Gavin Newsom. He is he absolutely loves himself. Yes, he, he thinks does. him he thinks he is great. Right. And probably just thinks he's going to win because he's so smart and so brilliant that he can't be stopped. But you have to believe if you're an advisor of his, unless you want to um, just completely upend this campaign and be the candidate in 2024, there's no reason you would do this. I think there's a shadow campaign for for a decent reason on both sides. Mm. Yes. Have no idea if Joe Biden is going to make it in a multiple different scenarios. He could be gone. And the same with Donald Trump. Totally. He could be in jail. Right. I mean, we have no idea. This is the most unstable the presidency has ever been. And, you know, that always bodes well for a country. But, you know, I digress. Um, <laughs> let me tell you about Mantis X. You know how in the movies the good guys never miss when they take a shot? Yeah. Yeah. And then the bad guys always seem to miss. You know, they're running someplace. And it's a, such an easy shot and they miss. Come on. Come on. Truth is somewhere in between here. If you're someone who owns a gun, it's important that you know how to use it. And you have to get proficient. And if you're proficient at it now, uh, you know, you have to keep that skill up. Otherwise, it will decay on you. There is a high-tech, easy-to-use system that is widely used by the military now. And it helps you improve your shooting quickly. You attach it to your firearm, connect it with an app to your smartphone or your tablet via Bluetooth. Then whenever you're firing actual rounds or even dry firing practice, it'll give you instant feedback on what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and how to correct your technique. 94% of the shooters improve in 20 minutes using Mantis X. It's like having a firearms instructor right in your front pocket. And more importantly, it's going to save you a ton of money at the range. So start improving today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at GlennBeck.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, by the way, we're not going to have a Wednesday night TV show tonight. Um, I'm going to be at the same time, 9 p.m. tomorrow to go over uh, the um, uh, the debate, which happens tonight on Fox. Also coming up for the past four years, a dad in British Columbia had been forced to watch his 14 year old daughter destroyed and sterilized by court-ordered testosterone injections. He lost a legal appeal. He made his, his desperate appeal to the press, and it broke a court order demanding his silence about the case, but he did what every dad would do. He's like, no, I need people to know this story. He went to prison. He is speaking out to his own detriment, I believe, to warn you what is coming here in America. A warning from a dad who you need to hear next. Next.
the Glenn Beck Program. Listen, I want to talk to you about education. Um, when you were going to college all those years ago, did, what did you learn? Did, I mean, was any of it lasting or profound? Do you sometimes wish you could go back and maybe study history, economics, literature, maybe the U.S. Constitution? It would be hard to go back now because nobody is even teaching any of that stuff now because of the woke ideology. It is hard, but it's not impossible, thanks to Hillsdale College. Since 1844, Hillsdale has been providing an education in faith, freedom, and character because they believe a virtuous citizen is the best defense for liberty, and it is. And they provide 39 free, not-for-credit courses that are self-paced so you can start whenever you want. This is everything you need to change the way you understand our country, the world, and the place that you hold in it. It's all in one place, no long-term commitment, all free to learn where and when you want. The basic fundamental truths never change and it's never too late for a refresher. Right now, go to hillsdale.edu slash glen. That's hillsdale.edu slash glen. Enroll today. Register hillsdale.edu slash glen. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenn back program welcome to the the program in california gavin newsom failed to sign uh, a new law so he in in fact vetoed a new law that would guarantee that you lost the right to your child. The state could take your child if you didn't affirm your child's gender. Um, well, he he vetoed it. And when he vetoed it, he said, because this already exists in the state courts. So this is redundant. There is there is a man I want to introduce you to a Canadian judge 
about, um, I don't know, back in April of 2021, sentenced a dad in British Columbia to six months in jail for speaking about his daughter's treatment for gender dysphoria. A month earlier, law enforcement arrested and jailed him without bail for criminal contempt of court. He fought a two-year legal battle with school officials, mental health and mental professionals, and the provincial government arguing that they infringed on his parental rights by allowing and encouraging his minor daughter to receive cross-sex hormones without his consent. He went on the record in media interviews about his specific case and the trend of gender dysphoric children, girls in particular, being pushed into medical treatments and surgeries. Well, he was thrown in jail because he wasn't allowed to talk about it. He is still talking about it. I'm not going to use his name in hopes that less damage is done or his daughter's name but he feels compelled to share his story with you, to warn you what's happening just across our northern border and the fact that it could happen here and in fact in California already is. He joins me in 60 seconds. Now let me ask you some kind of personal question here. Are you living with pain? If so, how bad is it? How frequent is it? Is it the sort of thing that not only annoys you, but you make decisions based on? I can't do that. I'm going to pay for that. I don't feel well enough. I can't do that today. Here's the most important question. How long are you going to put up with it? And what have you tried to get rid of it? I know I know your answer probably is I've tried everything. But if it li- that list doesn't include re- relief factor, you haven't tried everything. When I was in horrible pain, I got my life back unexpectedly through relief factor. It was the last thing I tried, and I never thought it would work. My wife made me try it. It's a trial pack for three weeks. You just take it as directed. It's not a drug, so it's not going to whack you out. More than a million people have bought Relief Factor, the quick start, and about 70% of them go on to order more. Those are pretty good odds to get your life back. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Or call 800, the number 4 relief. 800, the number 4 relief. 1995, three week quick start. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. Just going to call you Dad uh, on the program. Dad, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm, I'm good. I didn't expect you to sound this great. You have gone through <laughs> hell for the last uh, three or four years. Yes. How did it start? You know, it started with my daughter in the, in the public schools. They they're, they passed a, uh, a a program here called SOGI One Two Three, chant for Sexual Orientation, Gender Identity. And what that is is it is supposedly they they called it an anti bullying program, but it's actually a policy. And what happens in the schools is they're essentially they're telling kids you can be. You know, you can be homosexual, you can be lesbian, you can be bisexual, all the all the letters in the alphabet of the LGBTQ. Um, and where my daughter went to school, uh, it was where the pilot project was initiated. And so she was indoctrinated as among the first in British Columbia in this program. So that's kind of where it all started. So she had mental health issues. I knew that. But the school decided we're going to um, direct her towards being transgender. Uh, because at that time, 
that's how they <laughs> thought they could deal with all mental health problems with children was just to uh, transgender them. Jeez. And, and, and the idea behind that, it sort of, to me, reminds me of a video game where you have avatars. And these kids will sit there for hours creating their perfect character. And so now you have these adults, these perverted adults coming at your child and telling them, hey, if you're not happy being a girl, create your own, whoever you want to be, be an avatar. You know, forget about that sad girl, become a boy. And of course, this is very uh, alluring to, to them, right? This is going to solve all their problems. So that's sort of where it all started was in the schools. Um, what I caught on was uh, fairly early on. I didn't realize the extent of it all. But at one point, you know, my daughter went to see a psychologist who goes by uh, the, the name Dr. IJ um, because there's publication bans on all of these doctors because they're uh, clearly so proud of what they do mm. that they're hiding behind publication bans at this point. But, but I thought, you know, at that time, this is great. This, this person is going to fix this. Clearly, my daughter is not a, a boy trapped in a girl's body. That's impossible. But instead, he, uh, he went affirm, affirm, affirm. And the next thing you know, my daughter's headed off to the BC Children's Hospital here in August of 2018. And on her first visit, they're going to pump her full of testosterone. I'm, I'm like, this is crazy. My, my ex-wife gives me a call, tells me I put a stop to it. So they send me uh, what they call an informed consent form, which really doesn't, I find out later, doesn't mean much. Uh, and of course, my daughter has signed it. My ex-wife has signed it. I read it and I refuse. I mean, it's talking about all the irreversible changes, you know, like lowered voice, increased growth of hair. Uh, oh, Sterilization. And sterilization. And, and what this thing goes on to say at the end, which is probably the craziest line in the whole thing, is that it says the medical effects and safety of testosterone are actually not fully understood. And there may be long-term risks that are not yet known. It's in their consent form. And they're asking my daughter to consent to this stuff. Of course I say no. So they harassed me for four or five months. I finally get a letter in the mail in December of 2018, and it's from BC Children's Hospital. And they say, we don't need your consent. We're going to give her testosterone anyways under something in British Columbia called the Infants Act. And they say, but you've got two weeks to file in court. The Infant uh, Act? I, they call it the Infants Act here in British Columbia. And wait, wait, how old is your daughter at this at time? At this time, she's at 14. Okay. This started when she was 11. I would say around 11, grade four and five. Okay. And she's not an infant now. I just want to make sure she's not an infant. No, currently she'll, she'll turn 19 in October. Okay. So yeah, that tells you how long I've been battling this (laughs) is that she's now, she's uh, finally not going to be an infant, a minor soon, but so anyway, so I, so I, I take it to court because I'm thinking, you know, even forget about the LGBTQ component to this. Common sense says you don't medically do something like this to a child or a minor. Correct. Um, you know, you just like you wouldn't let a child say, oh, I can't have, I don't have feeling in my arm, so I'm just going to have it cut off. Well, you don't let k- kids do this stuff. But, uh, boy, <laughs> did I have a wake-up call just to find out what I was in the middle of. And uh, so, yeah, I filed uh, what they call a notice of motion in B.C. Provincial Court in uh yeah december of 2018 and and that's led to five years in the courts and to prison as you mentioned so and you went to prison why 
Yeah, that's sort of phase two of the story. The, the, the first part has to deal with my actual battle to save my daughter from, you know, being a victim of all of this stuff, of, of the, the cross-sex hormones and the puberty blockers. And, and so what happened is in, in court in January, uh, the, the judge said that, you know, for me to misgender my daughter, for example, was going to be considered family violence. Uh, and all of these crazy things came out. I was not allowed to dissuade her from, I could only affirm, 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 or that was family violence. So all of these rules were suddenly put on, which pretty much eliminated my ability to parent her on this issue at all. And, and so what I did is uh, I spoke with the Federalist after that ruling, and I said to the Federalist, I said, well, I, I, it's a delusion. I, I'm going to keep calling my daughter a daughter. I mean, that's the, the reality. I don't care if the courts tell me to lie. And so I was hauled in for family violence under another judge. And then this is when they added all of the stuff where I could be arrested again. They put a protection order on me and said I could be arrested without warrant by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And for what? What do you mean arrested without warrant? For what? Arrest if somebody thought that I was misgendering my daughter. Or not affirming her. So it was really kind of uh, vague. It was really vague. And, and it showed you that at the time, the power that the transgender activists really had on this province, and probably to some extent still do, although things are changing just like they are in the United States. Slowly. That they could get away with something like this. Now, where, where the change kind of came in, and this is, I should probably hit on this quickly, is the, the National Post, the big newspaper up here, in January, is when the court case is kind of starting, they put out a front page article on it. You know, who, who decides, the parent, the doctor. Now, the problem is they were trying to put my daughter on a pedestal because that had worked well for the transgender activists, is that you shame the father, but you do it publicly. But the problem was all the comments at the end of the story were supporting my position, and they were really going after the trans. And so this is when they thought, okay, new tactic, we're not going to do it this way anymore. We're going to gag this dad. We're going to shut the story down. Parents are not allowed to know what's going on because this is not going to do well for us. This will end it. And that's essentially what they tried to do. And, and so, so they, there would, was a gag order against you. You would be sent to prison if you violated the gag order and spoke to any press member or, or was it anybody about what you were you going know, through? The honest truth, and this may sound super crazy, but my gag order actually said in it that I could only speak to my two lawyers, not even my parents or my or my family about this matter. Only my two lawyers, because it's considered a privileged conversation. To this talk is about insane. My daughter. This is insane. That, that's how bad it, it got. Okay. And so we appealed all of this to the BC Court of Appeal, and we did go into the Court of Appeal back in uh september of 2019 and we got a bit of a win out of it uh we got the ruling about five months later and in that ruling the bc court of appeals said well we're going to take away the protection order we're going to make it a civil order uh instead of a, a criminal one and they also said i do have the right to dissuade my my daughter from being transgender they said we're taking away the affirmation model and they also said um that, yeah, the, under the Infants Act, the parents don't get to decide, you know, what their child wants to do, but neither does the child. So essentially what they said is, well, it's on the shoulders of the doctors alone. 
Oh my gosh. And so the doctors <laughs> here in BC decide whether your daughter transitions or not. But the good news in that is that when this contagion possibly comes to an end, which it will, there's going to be a lot of law cases and a lot of, uh, you know, girls being transitioned to boys that now have the right to go and sue that doctor and say, Hey, you know, why did you transition me? I didn't really know what I was talking about. And yet you thought I was doing the right thing. And, and this is the reason why I fight this so hard is because, you know, my daughter's never going to be able to come to me personally and say, Hey dad, why did you rush me down, you know, to the gender clinic? And I'll say, I didn't, <laughs> I did the opposite. I tried to save you from going to that gender clinic, but you were rushed there by the government. Do you have any keep in mind? Go ahead. Oh, it's going to say, keep in mind in this case, it's not about uh, parental rights at all. It's, it's the government that transitioned my daughter. It has nothing to do with me or my ex-wife, what our positions were. It was the government itself, which is a bit different than what's happening in the U.S., where they're kind of, I believe, handing off kids to the parent who will transition. All right. Hold, here it doesn't even matter. Hold on just, just a second. We're talking to a dad who we're keeping anonymous uh, at his request because I, I think he'll pay uh, for this interview. And we'll talk about that coming up in just a second. Uh, Mike Lindell has changed the way millions of people sleep every single night. MyPillow. MyPillow is having now a huge sale on their Percal sheets. Percal, I mean, do I need... Do I need to say more? And they're available in a wide variety of colors and sizes. It includes this closeout sale. The queen size sheets regularly retail for $89.98, but they're now available for $35 if you use the promo code BECK. These Percal sheets are breathable. They have a cool and crisp feel that you're just going to love. They'll fit over any mattress, and they're incredibly durable. Plus, they're machine washable and very easy to care for. It's a great deal. It's not going to last long, so don't wait. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get the MyPillow Percal sheets for as low as $25 for a twin set or $35 for a queen set. The deal is not going to last long. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117 for this special and so many more. 10 seconds, station ID. So we're talking to a dad from British Columbia. He was forced to watch as his 14-year-old daughter was destroyed and sterilized by court-ordered testosterone injections. Is she? Do you have any relationship with her now? I, I don't right now, and I and I can tell you a bit what happened because this is actually part of their what they do over there on the on the on the far left. Is uh, my daughter would sneak over to my place. And she would have to tell the, uh, the, my ex-wife, her mom, that, you know, she was visiting friends at school. And, of course, the lesbian activist lawyer, Barbara Finley, uh, attached herself as the lawyer for my daughter. And, um, and so what happened is, is my daughter at one point came and said to me, she goes, Dad, I can't come over and see you anymore. And I asked her, why is that? And she said, well, they're giving me a choice. They said, if I keep seeing you, they won't fight for me to get my hormones and my transgender stuff. And so they said, they're, so essentially, they bribed her. And they said, pick your dad or, or pick uh, becoming a, a boy. And I haven't heard from her since. I guess she chose to become a boy. And so this is what they do with these kids, these vulnerable kids, is uh, they, they really gang up and bully on these kids and to get them to transition. And 
it's it's yeah i mean my daughter was a complete victim but again this also destroys families and that's also i think part of the the intention is to destroy families as well so to answer the question no i haven't seen her not since christmas of 2019 oh my gosh last time i saw her let me um if i can just tell you that Amazing things happen over time. My daughter uh, went to Fordham University, and I was working in New York at the time, and they totally flipped her against me. I mean, totally flipped her against me. I was a, uh, a bigot because I, I wouldn't agree with um, gay marriage. I'd never been against gay marriage. I'm more of a libertarian on this. I just don't think the government has any right to be in anybody's marriage, period. Um, and, uh, I, she was convinced because they held rallies against me and everything else at her school that, you know, oh, wow. uh, and, uh, I thought I lost her forever. And, uh, after a while of getting out of school and being, you know, just being out from underneath the thumb, she began to see things differently and we're very close today. So hopefully it won't last forever. It's just going to be an agonizing time that you lose with your daughter. And I'm sorry for that. So go ahead. Well, that's, that isn't, yeah. And that's encouraging because that's, you know, I I go through this with that with my conscious clean and I, and I, and I hope that, you know, my arms are wide open waiting for her to come back after, you know, she's done whatever she's doing, uh, which is terrible, which is terrible for herself, but she, but you know, I'm, I'm waiting here for her. And, and I would like to think that at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be those that affirmed her that she's going to resent and, and she'll appreciate what I tried to do for her, even though I, I didn't succeed with her, but I'm, you know, obviously <laughs> I'm so thrilled with what I'm seeing as we are succeeding uh, in countries around the world, you know, in Europe, obviously in the United States, so many States, uh, and even in Canada, our federal conservative uh, government or sorry, not government, they're the official opposition right now, but, um, you know, they passed a resolution, one of them being, you know, that they will never allow anyone under the age of 18 to medically transition. Uh, and so hopefully they do form government in their way up in the polls. Right now, people want this stuff. But but anyways, I guess I guess this goes to the second part of, of my story in some ways. I, I went through the first half pretty quickly. But so, so we get the, this ruling out of the BC Court of Appeal. And we're debating whether to appeal that to the Supreme Court of Canada. In fact, we kind of worked on it, and then we kind of decided, well, we sort of got this thing where we can sue the doctors down the road. Let's just leave it because the 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 federal court in Canada is pretty loaded up with left leaning judges, and so we thought, well, we, we probably did better in the Beach Court of Appeal than we will moving forward. So at that point, I fired my two lawyers, not because of this, but because to protect them. So I fired my two lawyers, got them off the record, and I said, okay, well, this, if that's the end of the line legally for the moment, uh, I'm going to protect them, and I'm going to break all these gag orders because I thought, you know, the world needs to know what's happening to their kids in darkness in these schools. You know, as an example, it came out in affidavits that when my daughter changed her name from her female name to a male name, I was under the impression that this was by her design. No, it was the school counselor that changed her name. Okay. It comes out now in court records. Dad, can you hang on just a second? I'd I'd love to bring you back on tomorrow and get 
more of the story and what parents should do if you'd be willing to join us again tomorrow and back in just a second. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, If you're like most Americans, by the time you pay your bills, refuel your car, buy groceries, there's just about nothing left. How often do you find yourself using a credit card to cover the essentials? The average credit card interest rate now is about 25%. That makes your debt even more expensive. And for homeowners, there is a better way. It's not right for everybody, but I would urge you to find out if it's right for you. Americanfinancing.net is helping people just like you get out from underneath that debt burden and start to realize significant savings. You could save $700 every single month. That would go a long way. And that's what they're helping the average customer to save through things like mortgage refi. Unlike credit card debt, your mortgage interest is tax deductible. So it stretches it out even further. It's American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. Big debate tonight. We'll have coverage on Blaze TV on Studios America starting 8 p.m. Eastern. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Wearing my Fetterman hoodie today uh, with the, of course, Corn Pop One Bad Dude image on it. Corn Pop 2024. You can get it at glenbeckmerch.com. Uh, also, tonight, I'll be watching the GOP debates from home, alone. My wife won't even watch them with me, I'm sure. And I'll bring you my reaction uh, tomorrow on radio. Uh, we're all sad Asa Hutchinson didn't qualify, but I'm going to try to power through it tonight. Bergamentum um, is in, though. Yeah, I Last know second qualification know for is. Doug Bergamania. So that puts a blowtorch to everything you were planning on doing because I know it all revolved around you know my show at 9 p.m. tonight. Yes. But uh, instead, we'll be at 9 p.m. tomorrow, and we'll be giving you a recap of the debate with all of the voices that you've grown to love and trust now. We should note a Studios America Power Hour pregame. You, you can't really watch this debate sober. I mean, maybe if you're Glenn Beck and you've had a a, a, a drinking problem in the past, uh, perhaps you should skip the beer. Uh, but if you don't and you do uh, occasionally uh, partake, what better way to watch a debate than through a power hour? So we're going to do a pregame power hour. It's going to bring you right <coughs> up to the debate tonight and then I'll have postgame coverage on youtube.com will you be drinking stew. still during the debate I, that's a good question yeah. i think we're gonna see how it goes yeah, okay. <laughs> okay all right and the yeah. post game is youtube.com slash studios america mm-hmm. so go there and follow mm-hmm. the page because uh, we're gonna be doing lots of uh, extra broadcasts and live stuff throughout the debate season and into the election season so excited for all of that it's gonna stuff. be great yeah it's gonna be great you know it's oh, uh, so hey very you, if, if you, you look, miss tomorrow because you're hung over I mean, and I'm going to be speaking very loudly to you tomorrow. <laughs> no, don't. It's already giving me a headache. You already give me a daily headache anyway. I will say, too, that one of the best arguments for watching this debate is we don't know what's going to happen with Trump. I mean, if, if the deep state, no. if the people really come after him and really do this and really put him in prison, what you happened? may need another candidate. And even if you like right. Donald Trump, you better figure out which one you like. 
So I think yep. it, it, these debates, while not as uh, sexy and, and, and bringing the eyeballs as because Trump's not there, are still really important. The next six months are going to de- depend decide whether we have a republic left anymore. Really mm-hmm. is. How do we react to all the stuff with Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera? Liz Wheeler is with us. Uh, she's also the Liz Wheeler Show and author of a new book, which I can't recommend highly enough, Hide Your Children. The Marxist agenda to take your children. We were just talking to a dad, Liz, in British Columbia, who went to prison um, because he would not go along with what the state uh, said had to happen to his daughter. And he's been fighting now for years uh, and risk going back to jail just being on the uh, program. Um, last time I saw you, Liz, we were talking about how... Um, uh, shoot, Governor, what's his name from California? Newsom. Newsom mm-hmm. uh, was definitely going to sign this this bill that that uh, was allowing the the courts to take your kids away if you didn't, um, you know, identify their gender the way they say. He didn't sign it in the end. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, thanks so much, Glenn, for having me on today. I mean, the story of the father in Canada just makes me sick to my stomach to see a parent having their child taken away like that. And the sad and scary part is that's not an isolated incident that's starting to become more and more prevalent because this assault on our children is ramping up. Um, I'll celebrate the fact that Governor Newsom didn't sign that bill, but I don't think it's a signal that he's a moderate. I think he's proven that he's a radical. This was a calculated political move on his part. He obviously wants to run for president, whether it's in 2024 or 2028. He's just hoping that he can convince some parents that he's not, he's not trying to take their kids away from them. But if you read his veto letter that he wrote to the California Assembly, he literally says, well, the courts already have the power in California right. to do this, so there's no reason for me to sign this bill. So let, let me talk a little bit about uh, wokeness, and we'll get into uh, some of the other things that are in your book, which is, by the way, fantastic. The origin of wokeness, where did it come from, and how did it get into our schools with social-emotional learning? Yeah, this is really interesting. So I think a lot of conservative parents are at the point where we recognize wokeness when we see it. We can point to critical race theory or trans ideology, and we can say, ah, that's woke. I don't like that. I don't want my kid taught that. I trace the origin of the word, of the concept of the word, back to a Brazilian Marxist, believe it or not, by the name of Paulo Freire. Paulo Mm. Freire didn't want teachers to teach children facts and knowledge in school. He said there was no such thing as objective truth. So all teachers were doing were teaching children the prevailing political narrative. And he proposed this idea, this radical idea, that teachers instead teach children how to view the world, teach them a worldview. And he called this worldview critical consciousness. Now, critical consciousness is a worldview. It's teaching children to look at the world through a Marxist lens to categorize everyone as either an oppressor or oppressed. And Glenn, this critical consciousness is in our schoolrooms today, in classrooms all across the country. It's packaged in social emotional learning, just under a different name, under wokeness. Social emotional learning is somewhat disguised as being values education. They claim, oh, it'll teach your child right from wrong, how to view the world. Well, yes, it will teach your child how to view the world, how to view the world through this same Marxist lens. And social emotional learning is not only in every school, it is pushed 
by the teachers unions, including Randy Weingarten, the teachers union boss of the second largest teachers union in the country. And it's everywhere. I remember in 2008, Barack Obama came into office and, and when he came into office, there was a change in the union uh, language um, that allowed teachers it, because they were banned. If you were a communist or you had been a part of any group that was trying to uh, uh, cause uh, a revolution in America, you couldn't teach. They reversed that in 2008. And I remember thinking, wow, I mean, why would you do that unless that's what you were headed towards? And it shows that is exactly what they were headed towards. Are the, uh, is the average teacher like this? Yeah, why indeed would they reverse that if they didn't want that in schools? Listen, down in North Carolina, the state legislature had to change the language of some of the laws they had on the books because this social-emotional learning is almost like quack psychology when it's practiced by teachers on students or by school counselors. And they had to change the laws so that teachers couldn't be held liable if they were uh, inflicting this on students. And I think we all know it's not every single teacher that's a radical Marxist. I would never make that claim. I'm sure there are a lot of well-meaning, well-intentioned teachers, but it's out of their hands at this point. They don't have dominion over what they do in the classroom or the curriculum that they teach or how they are supposed to uh, shape these children's worldviews. It's dictated by either curriculum boards or by state legislatures. So their hands are kind of tied. I mean, it's one of the reasons we see this mass exodus of teachers leaving the public school system, because they don't want to be part of that. Tell me about Antonio Gramsci. Oh, Antonio Gramsci is such an interesting little man. He, and when I say that, he's a nasty little man. He was an Italian Marxist in Mussolini's Italy. He was actually put in prison in fascist Italy. He's the founder of the co-founder of the Italian Communist Party, and he's really the one, Glenn, who revived Marxism in the 21st century. Because Karl Marx's economic version of Marxism had kind of gone out of style for a while, but Gramsci, while he was in prison, was studying Marxism and recognized that when Marxist revolutions were successful, it wasn't because of economic discontent. It wasn't because the working class got so angry that they overthrew the ruling class. What happened first in these successful Marxist revolutions is the cultural institutions on which the people rely were demolished, were obliterated. And he named, among others, he named the media, the education system, religious institutions, the law, and the nuclear family, which probably gives everyone the chills to hear because we think, okay, that's exactly what's happening right now in the United States. And I'll tell you one further, as I'm reading through these prison notebooks of Antonio Gramsci in the course of researching this book, uh, they were translated into English from Italian not that long ago, maybe 50 years ago. And I didn't notice the name of the man who translated them from English or from Italian to English probably the first dozen times I was reading this book. And all of a sudden, this name just hits me in the face. And I read translated by Joseph Judge. Yes. That Buttigieg, the father of Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, brought Antonio Gramsci's cultural Marxism into the United States. And that explains an awful lot why Pete Buttigieg, who's obviously incompetent, is embraced by the left so deeply. And it's shocking that no one has uncovered that. No one.
You're the first person I've ever heard say that. I mean, it's so shocking. I, I mentioned to you this to you when we were talking last week. I was doing this research late at night after my daughter went to went to bed at probably like midnight. And I come across this and I jump up out of my chair because I just can't believe that this is this connection actually exists. And I, I look around for someone to say, look at what I found. Look at what I found. No, everyone was asleep. So I'm just hopping around the house, uh, uh, just unable to believe that this is true. But it does make you wonder if an ideological connection exists between Pete Buttigieg and his father, in addition to the biological one, because Pete Buttigieg is not just an idiot. He's he's obviously a very radical leftist. And his father not only translated Gramsci into English, but ran an international study group of essentially a fan club of Antonio Gramsci. A um, couple of other things that I found in your book that I found interesting, and we've only got about 60 seconds here, but who came up with the don't say gay campaign in Florida? Well, the origin of that phrase wasn't coined organically during the battle over the parental rights and education bill that we saw in Florida. The origin of that came from Planned Parenthood, believe it or not, back in 2020, a similar bill had been introduced in the state of Missouri and Planned Parenthood wrote a blog post which, since I exposed it, they've since deleted, but you can find it on Internet Archives. And the reason for this, this might seem strange to us because we think of Planned Parenthood as an abortion business, but Planned Parenthood is now um, in the transgender hormone business as well. They're one of the largest providers of transgender hormones to young people, which is part of their pipeline. They go into these public schools. They're one of the, one of the most prevalent sex educator, um, or sex educators in the United States. So they teach kids all about trans ideology and then they profit off the kids once they come calling for trans hormones. Yeah. They are the, uh, the largest seller of hormones now, aren't they? I believe so. The largest or the second largest. I mean, they're, they're certainly the largest institutional groomer of our children that are both in public schools and then profits from kids when they come out seeking seeking either hormones or abortion. They're, they're a really nasty lot over there, but it's not just abortion anymore. They're butchering kids outside the womb, too. Yeah, so now they're the largest abortion facility and one of the largest sterilization facilities. Interesting. Uh, Liz, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again. There's so much to talk about in your book. It is just a fantastic book. Uh, it is called Hide Your Children by Liz Wheeler. Pick it up wherever you can get a copy of uh, this book. It is a must, must read. Liz, thank you. Thanks so much, Glenn. I appreciate it. You bet. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says there is a disconnect about how the economy is doing and how we feel it's doing. And she's right. Uh, I don't know what Excel sheet she's looking at, but, you know, I'm feeling pretty bad about the economy. Pretty bad. I mean... I'm waiting for the magic to work in the Inflation Reduction Act. This is what they're doing. They are making sure that you own nothing and you'll be happy. It's not just a little fun thing they like to say. It is the future and is, as I say, it's a dark future. You need to be protected against the coming tide of economic problems. You can't turn your back. You can't close your eyes. You have to build a hedge around insanity. Please do yourself a favor and call Goldline today. Gold and other precious metals have always been a stable and safe way to protect against inflation. Goldline can help you determine how much of your portfolio is right to invest. 
I've trusted Goldline for years, but don't take my word for it. Call them. Get all of the information. You make your own decision. For every full ounce of fractional gold eagles purchased today, you're going to receive a free one-tenth ounce Platinum St. Helena Trust Series coin. So call them now, 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, the ever trustworthy James Clapper had this to say about Donald Trump yesterday. In a recent profile, uh, General Milley raised the possibility that he thought if Trump was reelected, he would throw his opponents in jail. He said that he would be at the top of the list. Do you think that that's a real concern? And are you concerned that you could be on Trump's enemies list? Well, sure. Uh, I think there are probably uh, a lot of people uh, that are potentially uh, on such a list. Uh, and again, that's uh, that's reprehensible. Uh, I, I think General Milley's comment was he didn't think uh, President Trump would uh, be reelected. Well, I'm not so sure about that. So yeah, that's a that's a real concern for uh, sure. for many of us. Sure, I would imagine, and it should be a concern. For anybody who is breaking the law, Menendez, if it turns out that he was taking money, bye-bye. Hunter Biden, bye-bye. Joe Biden, bye-bye. James Clapper, not because I don't agree with your policy, but if you were part of something that was nefarious and illegal to influence an election or to thwart a president, bye-bye. Yeah, I mean... I think there's a real argument that Trump is going to dissolve this sort of, let's call it an understanding between he's both not parties. Dissolving it, they just did. Yes, I yes. Would agree with that. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with that. But well, they at least did it on him. Yes, right. I think there's a good chance he would attorneys. escalate it to anyone who crossed these lines. And Correct. by the way, that's the way the law's supposed to work. Like when you break it, you're supposed to be punished for it i mean if anyone so, who is if anyone is selling our country out and bribery uh yeah, and i so, would put that with totally. i would put that with mike lee if mike lee, if i found out that my friend mike lee was involved in bribery and getting money from some other country and it went through regular court like i want all of these to go through and it was fair bye-bye mike and he would say the same about me sure bye-bye that's what has to happen. Now, I think some of these people should fear jail is in the their Glenn Beck program horizon. Listen, I'm a pretty good shot when it comes to uh, shooting firearms. I'm pretty good. My son is actually better than I am, but it is a diminishing skill if you're not practicing all the time. And honestly, going to the shooting range and paying for ammunition is just so I bleed expensive. I, I, I can't bring myself to do it, especially since it's not easy to replace. This is why I started using Mantis X, and I highly recommend Mantis X. It is high tech, easy to use. It is a system that started with the Marines, now widely used by the military, and it, inhel- it helps improve your shooting 
quickly. You just attach it to the firearm, connect it with an app on your smartphone or your tablet via Bluetooth. Then whenever you're firing either actual rounds or dry firing practice, it gives you instant feedback on what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and how to correct it. It's amazing. Start improving today. You're going to save a lot of money. It's MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. Do it now. Chip Roy joins me next. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. There is no room to compromise. We have to stand together if we are to survive. Look, there is something going on, and um, we have seen from what has happened historically and to other countries in our lifetime, the destructive end-of-the-way-of-life kind of consequences that happen when you money print. And we're already seeing it in inflation. And credible scholars now say, it's coming here. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't think any of us know how bad it's going to get. But if our government cannot cut 8 to 20% to return the out-of-control spending of 2019 pre-COVID... If they can't live off of that now, well, then honestly, due to the amount of destruction that is possible and likely, according to economic scientists, I propose we shut the government down, but only for 15 days to slow the spread of this out-of-control spending. We're talking to Chip Roy in 60 seconds. Let me tell you about a young woman named Leisha who found herself in an unplanned pregnancy. She didn't know what to do. She felt alone. She had searched for pregnancy services, and thank God she happened upon a pre-born network clinic. There she was counseled, supported, and offered a free ultrasound. And after she saw the baby, hearing the heartbeat, she cried. Cried hard. She was so afraid. She didn't know what to do, but she knew she had to keep her child. She soon gave birth to a baby girl who is smart and beautiful and full of life. And often, Leisha visits that same clinic now because she gets free clothing, diapers, and so much more. This is the power of caring not only just about the baby, but caring about the mom, too, and seeing real life and knowing how to reach out and help them. Now, this happens about 200 times a day. Because preborn is out there on the front lines. If you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? Tanya and I are all in on this. Your tax-deductible donation of five thousand will sponsor preborn's entire network for 24 hours. 
It'll help rescue 200 babies. To donate, call pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash back. That's preborn.com slash back. Do it now. Sponsored by Preborn. The one and only Chip Roy is uh, with us now. Hello, Chip. Glenn, how are you, sir? Well, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, I, I, I will tell you that, you know, if we cut 20%, cut back 20%, that would bring us back to the spending levels of 2019. And people like Kevin McCarthy are worried that we can't even get 8%. If that's true, why is he still leading the, the Republicans? Well, like this, this is a fundamental question. It has been a failure since the Memorial Day deal was cut. Uh, in which we, unfortunately, uh, cut a bad deal. I say we, I didn't obviously vote for it. Um, and, you know, we, we have been moving forward since then, trying to get to the place where we can get what, where the American people want us to go, which is to actually cut spending, actually take the positions that we need to take and pass the laws we need to take to secure the border and force Biden's hand and go through the other issues you and I both care about, Department of Justice, weaponization, and so forth. You and I have both talked about it on your show before. I know I can't get every single thing I want. I know that. But if we can't meaningfully cut spending along the lines of what you just described, meaningfully secure the border, meaningfully restrain DOJ, then I don't know why the hell we're here. I don't either. And that's, that's the question. Now, so, we just oh, – go, go ahead. No, go ahead. We just – go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is we just passed a rule last night because of the 20 – because of the Freedom Caucus, uh, demanding that we move forward with regular order to move appropriations bills. There's a lot of good policies embedded in those appropriations bills, limiting what Biden can do, constraining the use of dollars. It does not cut enough yet. I'll be honest, Glenn. It does cut. We passed more cuts last night. We got to get through the sausage of the next 48 hours to see where it lands in terms of total cuts. It's going down. That's good. Uh, but we got to keep moving the ball forward and then kind of let the dust settle and see what we get on the amendment process. We can't be uh, hypocritical here. If we believe in an open process and opening up and having amendments, you got to let it play out, see what the end result is, and then look in the mirror and go, okay, is this good enough? And so for me, we're going to decide in the next 40 hours, 48 hours, are we cutting enough spending in these bills on the floor? And this is the critical part. Are we going to secure the damn border? That is a just absolute deal breaker, 100% red line for me. It's a burn the place down, take, you know, absolute no hostages. We're going to secure the border or the Republican Party is going to end. That's where we are. So we're going to force that question, but also force the question on cuts. Uh, we're having meetings today and we're going to keep pushing as hard as we can. But li- here's what I would do. Okay, I'm going to be very clear. We should not leave this weekend. If we leave this weekend, that's a failure by our leadership. Everyone should be here. We should be voting. We should be voting on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday, on Monday, until we get the job done. Send the bills to the Senate. We should tell the Senate, your bill is dead on arrival, McConnell. Don't pull that crap. I don't care if you have 32 idiotic Republican senators who voted for a garbage continuing resolution last night that gives more money to Ukraine and didn't touch the border. They should be ashamed of themselves. Only 17 Republicans voted against that. We should stand up as the House, led by McCarthy, and tell McConnell to stick it up his rear end and say, absolutely not. 
We should be here this weekend. We should pass these appropriations bills. We should cut funding. and We should absolutely die on the hill to secure the border. And if we don't do that, then we need to change things in the House of Representatives for Republicans. So help me out on something because I was disappointed when I saw it. uh, But I don't I don't believe it. But I don't know what to believe anymore. Jake Sherman tweeted out Chip Roy says Congress needs to stay this weekend to pass the CR. He says he agrees with the CR strategy and bill. I don't believe that. Tell me that. No, that's a, no, that's that's minions inside a room live tweeting out bogus crap. What I said was, as I was two weeks ago, and I, you and I talked on your show. I do support sending a funding bill that cuts spending with HR two, the border security bill attached to it, over to the Senate. I absolutely support doing that. While you move appropriations bills. Because then you browbeat them that you're funding troops, you're funding Border Patrol, you're cutting spending, and you're securing the border. Now you go on offense, and you crush the Senate Democrats and the president, and you stick it up McConnell's rear end. That's why I would pass that bill. They won't pass it in the Senate. We would pass it with cuts, border security, funding for troops. That's what I support. If, if that's not what we put on the floor, I'm not going to support it. Meanwhile, we've got to move the appropriations bills. No, I do not support a CR that people think a CR is. It's not a CR. It's an 8% cut or a 20% cut, whatever it is. Send a cut over there, secure the border, and make sure our troops are funded. That's how you win the message. But I'm not going to support a CR. That's ridiculous. Uh, Do you happen to know how Texas Senator John uh, Cornyn voted on that uh, Senate Budget. I, I do, I do, and, and and he unfortunately was was one of the uh, whatever the total was thirty ish or so uh, Senate Republicans. He, he certainly wasn't one of the seventeen who voted no. Um, uh, do you have Senator to move? No, and others. Do you have to move from where you live to be in some special district or anything so you could run for his job? Uh, I'm 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 not going to take the bait, Glenn. I'll just say that the, the Constitution only requires that you be a resident of the state of the state. Of to, okay, to, run as, to be a senator of Texas. All right, that's I just I thought that's what it was, but I'm just thinking, Senator, I'm a congressman that that would be uh, that would be good. So, uh, Chip, how strong? Because nothing can pass without Congress. And uh, that will only happen is if the Freedom Caucus stands firm. How firm are you guys when it comes to, you know, the 15 days to stop the spread? Yeah, well, we're firm on rejecting what the Senate is sending to us. We're firm on forcing the appropriations bills to move in the direction of cuts and to make sure they've got the right policies in place. Uh, where there's still some gray areas over these next couple of days on those four bills. There are some provisions in there that need to change. For example, there's some Ukraine funding. It's small amounts in the, in the underlying bill, but there's some Ukraine issues we need to address. Um, we, you know, we got to stop. The Senate bill just added $6 billion onto a 45-day continuing resolution of last year's spending levels with no help for the border, like I said a minute ago. Jeez. we got to fight that. So we're trying to get through the bill. So we're united on a lot of these fronts and issues. We're just trying to figure out the right play. Uh, but the, here's the critical issue. What House Republican leadership needs to understand, you go cut a deal with Democrats to do this, and it is the end. They need to understand that. It what is does that mean end. to you? It will be World War Three within the Republican Party. It will be an absolute 
unmitigated separation, a break. You will not go cut a deal with Democrats to jam through a spending bill that does not secure the border and perpetuates a war in Ukraine without accountability, without transparency, and that we shouldn't even be doing in the first place. This is, these are, these are deal breakers. So we're trying to make very clear what we are going to expect and demand out of this. And a lot of my colleagues in the Republican Party are bringing out their tropes, their tired old rhetoric, right? Oh, well, you know, we, we got to be united and we got to make sure, you know, you guys are over there saying that, that uh, you know, we're somehow lacking backbone and we're squishes. And look, politics is a tough business. Stuck it up, buttercup. We have to stand up for what we're, we were sent to Washington to do. And so that's my position. And it's not a hard one. Um, and look, I, again, Glenn, you and I both, we've talked about this before. I don't pretend to know all the answers. I don't pretend to know, yes, there's a time when you have to look at each other and go, yeah, that's good enough. We, we got something here. We can't get everything we want. Everybody understands that in negotiating. But the American people are tired of the bullcrap excuses by Republicans and a failure to hold the line. So when Speaker McCarthy says he's going to hold the line on the border, okay, show me. Show me that you're going to do that. Show me that we're going to hold the line on spending, as you've said you would do, and the border, as you're now publicly saying you're going to do. Reject McConnell. Stay here over the weekend. Pass these appropriations bills. Do the work. Convene the Appropriations Committee. Move the DOJ. We call it CJS approves, Commerce, Justice, and Science. Move that through the House with all of the changes we need to put in place to restrain the, the, the Biden, uh, you know, uh, Merrick Garland Department of Justice. Let's do our work. Let's fight through all of this. And if in the middle of that, we need to have a cut to spending in the form of a stopgap funding measure that's attached to H.R. 2 and border security. Yeah, I'll support that. But nothing else. No clean CRs. No more Washington gimmicks. We've got to move forward. Uh, I will tell you that I've been I've been waiting for this moment for about 15 years uh, and I, I hope that we are there in in many ways. You know, Charles Sum, uh, Sumner s- stood up in, I don't remember what it was, 1853, something like that. And he realized that neither the Whigs nor the Democrats were serious about doing anything to stop slavery. And he stood right. up in the well of the Senate and he said, the South is sleeping with the whore of slavery. And I've been waiting for somebody to stand up and say, the Republican parties... And the Democrats are sleeping with the whores of big business and special interests. Uh, Now, he almost was beaten to death uh, because he said that. But what was interesting was both the Whigs and the Democrats were against him. And that's what gave birth to the Republican Party. And the Whigs went away immediately. The next election, they were done. And I really think chip that this is the moment and i don't think that the republican leadership i think that they believe they have you know all of the big business the big you know the big donors and everything else but all of those people are going to wake up to a very different world politically if this goes through you're done really truly done well, that, and that's, that's what I was trying to get out there, Glenn. I mean, yeah. like some of these things, just they are what they are. I know where the American people and the Republican electorate is. 
Um, they, they, there are certain Republicans who take way too much comfort in their handful of their little circles of the sort of business establishment. And that is not where the American people are. The Republican Party has got to actually stand up for something again. We have to actually connect with the American people with a vision for what we want to do or go into the ash heap of history and there will be a new party. But we can no longer continue to do this uniparty garbage where we are nothing but Democrat light. And that means, look, again, can I get the 33 percent cuts that you've got to get to non-defense, non-veteran spending in order to fully achieve 2019 levels? I don't know, Glenn. You know, or we're going to have to go figure out how to go restrain defense and veteran spending, which is complex, as you know. But if we can't go get meaningful cuts, 15, 20, 25 percent to the non-defense, non-veteran portion of our spending. I'm not saying veterans and defense don't need attention. They do. You and I would agree on that. But if we can't do that, then why the hell are we here? Don't come talk to me about what you're going to do about Social Security and Medicare when you don't have the balls to cut the Department of Justice. Seriously. Like, if you can't cut the frickin', you know, uh, EPA, if you can't cut, you know, HHS and the bureaucracy there, if you can't cut this bureaucracy, you're never going to touch reforming Social Security and Medicare to make it work for people and make this country solvent. So I'm tired of all the excuses. We've got to do our job. Last night on the floor, we're voting on amendments on the uh, ag bill. And there's a bunch of amendments there that the Farm Bureau wants. Of course, they're a lobby. I go see them. I love them. I love small farmers. I want to help small farmers against these big corporate whores that are screwing them. I want to pass bills to help them. But I'm not going to just go, oh, sorry, I can't touch cutting ag bill because the Farm Bureau doesn't like it. That's crap. Just like saying you can't cut you know, and eliminate Ukraine funding or cut defense because, oh, there's some other special interests that don't like it. That's crap. We have a job. And frankly, at this point, we need to just do straight up across the board sequesters and do our job to drive the numbers down and then force us to the table to do the appropriations both the way we're supposed to. But again, on a positive note, because of the work of conservatives, we're actually voting on individual appropriations bills with amendments this week. It's been a long time since we've really done that. So we're working it through the process. We're trying to drive the numbers down through the cuts and through the amendments. And then we've got to force the hand of leadership. And that's going to be the question over the next couple of weeks. Um, hey Chip, I'm going to put you on hold. Tell our producers if he can stay on for just a couple more minutes. He's got to run. Yep. Uh, okay, just put it on hold and find out if he can stay. Um, I've got to take a quick break and just tell you about Michael that lives in Monroe, Georgia. He is uh, he's a, he's the owner, yes, of a German Shepherd puppy named Harley. And Harley wasn't crazy about her kibble food. She would... She'd eat it, but without any enthusiasm at all. If you've ever had a seven-week-old puppy, uh, they're pretty enthusiastic about everything. Anyway, Michael decided to try Rough Greens after hearing about it on the program, and guess what? Harley's appetite and enthusiasm went through the roof. She basically became a completely different dog. That's what Michael said. My dog had the same reaction to it uh, as, uh, as Uno did. Now, this is not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on the dog's food. It has everything natural and healthy for uh, for them. You just put it on top of their food and watch the changes in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. The first trial bag is free. You just pay for shipping. 833-GLEN-33. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds station ID. 
Okay. Okay, I only have two minutes with you. Um, is there anyone that it would be helpful to have the listeners call? Well, look, that's always a question, right? I mean, you know, make sure your congressman, wherever you are in the United States, knows that you want to see spending cuts, you want to see the, the, the border security. And, and, and let me just really focus on that, that issue, on the border security. That issue is something that can and should unite us. If we can't do it now, after 304,000 encounters in August, after all of the things we are seeing now, the ridiculous numbers, the 11,000 in one day in Eagle Pass day before yesterday, then we're never going to do it. So light up your phones with your members of Congress. Let them know you stand with conservatives. Do not fold. Cut spending. Secure the border. Hold this government accountable, DOD and, and DOJ. Uh, and let your senators know. I mean, golly, Glenn, 17 Republican senators out of 49 had the fortitude, the spine, the cojones to stand up to Mitch McConnell and the Democrats from passing last year's bloated omnibus spending bill plus six billion for Ukraine and nothing for the border. That is shameful. It is absolutely shameful. Chip, remain standing. Let us know. When is this going to come to a head, do you think? When are we going to know? Well, in the next 48 hours, we're going to know whether we are able to get these appropriations bills done. I believe the government will shut down on Saturday night. The question is going to be whether we pass a stopgap cut to spending plus HR2. That's debate. We're being we're debating that in the conference. And then I think between now and October 13th is going to be D-Day, right? Because October 13th is when checks would need to go out to members, you know, in the military and others. So I think you've got about two weeks here where you're going to see whether leadership has a spine to stand up and fight for what needs to be fought for. Okay. We're standing with you. Thank you so much, Chip. Appreciate it. God bless. See you God on. bless you, Ben. Glenn Beck program. When one of our service members dies, is catastrophically injured in the line of duty, who is there to help pick the family up? When we have veterans who return home to this country and they end up homeless on the streets, who's reaching out with a deserved helping hand to get them back on their feet? Who's helping our nation keep its sacred vow to never forget the horror of 9-11? Certainly not the government. And if we want the government to do less, we have to do more. An answer to all of these is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. In their line of duty programs, they include Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, uh, Smart Home, and Homeless Veterans programs that help families on the road to recovery. And their Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrances all over America. There are about 80 runs and walks and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings, barbecues, even kids' educational programs. And 95 cents of every dollar donated goes to these programs because Tunnel to Towers keeps its word. T2T.org. Donate $11 a month now to T, the number 2T.org. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and subscribe. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks.
So, Stu, how many Democrat? Uh, sorry, how many Republicans voted against the Mitch McConnell? Let's just keep this thing going. Mm. No cuts to spending. In fact, we're going to end add some more for Ukraine. How many Republicans actually stood? Against it. The vote was 77 to 19. 19. 19, 19. Republicans voted against 19. it. Mm-hmm. So. All, uh, all Republicans who voted against it. Yeah. But only 19 of them. Uh, 19. Mm-hmm. How many are there in total? I am trying to. Uh, that's a good question. What, 40 48? 49? So yeah. there are more than 19. More than 19. Point. Yeah, we should point. point out those. You know, in fact, can we have. Sarah, can you just. It's a. Yes, some distinguished ah. music here. Okay. To name the 19 that stood up to Mitch McConnell. They will forever be etched in these hallowed walls. Please recognize Marsha Blackburn. Senator Marsha Blackburn. Mike Braun. Mike Braun. Katie Britt. Katie Britt. Ted Budd. Ted Budd. Ted Cruz. The Honorable <laughs> Ted Cruz. Yeah, it's interesting. Cruz is from Texas. Wouldn't it be interesting? It's the Honorable Ted Cruz. Wouldn't it not be interesting if we had two senators from Texas that were like Ted Cruz? Well, you of- would need another honorable man, and we don't have one now. No, we do not. Uh, Steve Daines. Steve Daines. Deb Fisher. Deb Fisher. Bill Haggerty. Bill Haggerty. Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley. Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson. <laughs> Mike Lee. Mike Lee. Cynthia Lummis. Oh. Cynthia Lummis. Her. Roger Marshall. Roger Marshall. I don't know why you're sounding like that now. <laughs> and and Rand Paul, the host of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Rand Paul. Pete Ricketts. Pete Ricketts. Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt. Rick Scott. Rick Scott. Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville. And J.D. Vance. And J.D. Vance and the Saturday Night Live band. <laughs> Those, are Those are the, the names 19. of... Those 19 that actually stood against Mitch McConnell and another year of let's keep spending. Now, that's hang on just a second. Hang on. There are those. Stop the music because there are those now because I I'm pretty sure we don't have just 19 senators that are. Republicans. Right. Right. We have more than that. We have more than that. And there's a lot that voted yes to this. Really? It's interesting. Well, what is interesting? I have this card that I keep uh, by my desk here, Mm -hmm. and it says 2024 primary targets. Yeah, so people that are are in the Senate that want to run again. Right. Maybe we should primary primary get them out. Right. Get them out of there. Right. So they don't they don't they don't do the crappy job that they're doing. Right. Okay. There was nine on the list that were possible candidates to be primary. This nine on the (laughs) list. Nine on the list. Huh. And I noticed this is just probably coincidence. Right. Sure. That the ones that we shouldn't primary. Right. We shouldn't bother with. They have pretty good records. They all voted no on this. Huh. Ted Cruz. 
Rick Scott, right. Marsha Blackburn, Josh Hawley. Hmm. Then the ones in the middle split. Now, wait a minute. Hmm. If we're going to put them in the Hall of Fame, we should put them in the Hall of Shame as well. Okay. I mean, equal. Do you have anything, you know, really appropriate for... Okay. Okay. All right. So, okay, now I understand why it's appropriate. Got Hmm. the cash register in the background. Hmm. Uh, These are people that we should primary that voted against that. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned Deb Fisher. She voted the Deb, right way on this Deb one. Deb Fisher did, uh, yeah. She was kind of in the middle on this list. John right. Barrasso, though, yeah, he voted with Mitch McConnell on it. Now, it's where is John Barrasso? He's in... Uh, Wyoming, Wyoming, that's what I thought. And I, I think, wow, I... I thought that there were some real cowboys in Wyoming. Did they would, want uh, a senator voting this way? No, is they, that they what wanted. They wanted? Se- what I hear in Montana is they love or Wyoming. out of or Wyoming. What they love is out of control spending. Oh, they do. Yeah, they love it. Huh. Love it. Out of control spending and even more to Ukraine. You know where people super duper love out of control spending where? and giving their money to Ukraine? Where? Mississippi. Mississippi. They, they love it, it there. They love it. That's why Roger Wicker voted for the additional spending to go forward. Wow. Yeah. Roger Wick- now I wonder now, if there's anybody anybody hmm. at all that has a bigger spine. I don't know, but could, I will say they could primary him. It's one of the he was actually our number three target on the primary list. Get out of yeah, here. wow, uh, that's pretty interesting. Now, you said target. I did say target, which is um, wrong for two reasons. Strangely, they're opposed to each other. One is oh, that's right. One is, says the Sarah Palin way, and, and one is, is the we're supposed to boycott it way. I can't yeah. keep track of all the targets. Right. I'm just gonna say uh, primary people people we're gonna people we're gonna mm. primary these people um roger wicker uh, mississippi would be great if there was someone how about do people in north dakota how do they feel about out of control oh spending? They, they love it they love it too they love it they, they they, they're it. like there's so many people mm. up there that are like i want to pay more in taxes because like roger wicker in 2024 kevin kramer could kevin be, kramer could be primaried wow in theory. kevin kramer a guy who said no, I think we can keep spending this way. I don't understand inflation. Yeah, why not? Let's just keep doing it forever. Right. Okay. You know what? As they said with Ukraine, it should it should be it should also exist with overall spending. Yeah. As much as it takes for as long as it takes. Amen. Just brother. keep spending and spending and Amen. spending until oblivion, no matter what happens. That's right. That's the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then this one's this list is a little defunct. I have to I will say because by far the number one target on the primary list was Mitt Romney, who shockingly enough also voted for this piece of crap bill. Okay, um, well here's the good news. I have good news for you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna break the I'm gonna break the news for the Romney family, but his son is going to be running for his position. Yes. What, wh- wh- why is there not Mitt Romney's son? Mitt Romney's son is going to be running for... Is why it... won't anybody join me in the applause is that ser- Please tell me that's not serious. His son is going to be running for Senate. Ow, that last clap was just because... <laughs> Wait, I is that really... Up. Has it been announced? Nope. Is I'm it... announcing it for him. Is he really doing? Is this really going to happen? Yes. No. Yes. Please tell me no. No. Please, t- please tell me you're lying. I'm not lying. This is a, one of your theories. No. Nope. You know what I could see happening yeah. is. Is it one of those? 
Sure, I can see this happening. But is that it? Or do you actually know? Because the last time I asked you about something like this, you seem to know a lot about it. Maybe some inside information about this particular topic. I have topic. no inside information. That would be... Well, if I had inside information, then just higgledy-piggledy went on the air. Wouldn't that be irresponsible of a broadcaster You're like me? You're the most irresponsible broadcaster I've ever met. you have your answer now, don't you? Good God. Is this why no one is stepping up in this race? Hmm? Is this why no one is stepping up in this race? Well, there are other reasons that no one is stepping up in this race. But uh, will someone step one. up in this race and stop and, and stop the uh, an oncoming dynasty from happening? This can't. No, please tell me it's not real. Just, I just, think just there tell is. Me it's not real. I think there is one person, but they will not have the backing of the big money that Romney pulls in. Well, no one's going to have that, to be yeah. fair. But think of think of Mitt Romney like 40 years old. So he could be there for 40 or 50 years. Oh, that's great news. Yeah. Great yeah. news. And there's been multiple generations of Romneys that have had lots of political power in our yeah. country. That would be great to so extend that. So I love that. that. I love these dynasties. Yeah. You know, that's oh. what we ran away from, you know, in England, you know, these royalty families. Yeah, but that was, then we later realized that was the good part of it. <laughs> yes. The bad part was You're the right. weather. And the You're good right. part here, we could keep... Keep the whole, you know, family legacy dynasty thing and then yeah. just get rid of all the rain. Yes. You know, yes. that's why it worked we out here. well for everybody but Seattle. Right. And it, it, yeah. So we're sorry. You make mistakes. Yeah. Um, uh, but so you think this is really going to happen? You are you are convinced this is this is real. Mm -hmm. Somebody you need to get out ahead of it. You can't just wait until he announces and and then I'm like, oh, another Romney. Probably half the popular. I know mean, 30 percent of the voters still liked Romney. Mitt, I mean, so probably forty percent will so like the kid. Will, yeah, everybody will be like, "Oh, it's it's a, it's a Romney." It's I, probably I, okay. I don't know which one. He seems nice. Could be one of them. As long as it's Romney, I'm for it. It's like me with Top Ramen. I'm okay with Top Ramen. I don't care what flavor it is, chicken, beef. I'm okay with it. You want some ramen? Yes. Mm. It's like that with the voters. <laughs> Apparently, thirty percent of the voters in Utah want a Romney. Yes. I can't. Please don't let that happen. Please. Someone. Now, I'm actually, we'll telling say, you, there are people in the happening. race and they are. Try, there have been people who have stepped up, but they don't seem to be uh, uh, to be well moneyed enough, let's say, to uh, to 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 fight off uh, that type of challenge. There is another name that is going to run. What's the name? I'm not going to give it to you because I'm not on. You gave me I'm the, not going to. You gave I me the Romney name. I am not going to. And now you want me to soil myself even more? No, I learn from my mistakes. Mm. Let, let me uh, ask me tomorrow. I will ask you tomorrow. First of all, you never learned from a mistake the entire time I've known you. So <laughs> I don't believe that at all. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I don't think that's entirely true. Oh, it's, well, I mean, I think there were some times you learned from mistakes, but it was technically before I met you. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> it was a very long time ago, but here's the thing. And I, and I will, uh, there was a, let me just put another example. And this is okay, a very random, right. it's got nothing to do nothing with this hour's this. programming, no, for example, not a thing, uh, nothing thing. to do with any guests that invited no. that, we, that happened to be here this no. hour, but uh, Texas has two senators, two okay? senators. One is right. Ted Cruz. One is Ted Cruz. One is Joe Manchin. Wah, wah. <laughs> okay. Now, 
Does Texas need to have one really crappy Republican? We can elect any Republican that gets to the general, basically. Any of them are going to win. So why do we have one that's good and one that's terrible? Shouldn't we change that, right? And so maybe if someone would step up eventually. I think in fairness, mm -hmm. those who are, you know, uh, riding the short bus of conservative values. You know, in fairness, Mm -hmm. we could easily elect, you know, a full-fledged conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily. but shouldn't we give those that are a bit challenged in their views? Well, it's funny. A chance. First of all, no. But secondly, <laughs> there there was an attempt at building a long term legacy of a name. This one Bush, who would eventually rise to a position just like this, a person who would be the next senator from Texas. You mean a George P? Maybe a George P. If we could get George P. And a Romney? <laughs> but are you kidding me? That is a dream come true for most of America. They're like, I want another Bush. I want another Romney. Mm. But what happened? Because uh-huh. they thought they thought, well, why don't we get George P. Bush to take out Ken Paxton and then he can rise to these levels over yeah. the, and when Cornyn's ready to leave, you mm. slot George P. right in there. But what happened? That was stopped by the voters. Of Texas. So what can happen here in Utah is the same thing because you have one great senator in Mike Lee. Why is your other one terrible? And the answer is you can actually stop this now Ah. if a good candidate is able to present themselves. Too much of America is like me. We don't don't learn from the mistakes of the past. We just don't. We're like, no, I'll... So, I, can you hit me with a hammer in my head again? Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? That sounds like fun. Bang. Ow, that really hurt. Hey, could you hit me in the head with a hammer again? Mm. Bang. Yeah. Did it hurt again? Hurts again. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Stu. Yes. You have a hammer. Yes. Would you hit me in the head with a hammer again? I'd love to. So here's the, uh, there's a part underneath the hood of your car that's about to malfunction. You know that. I mean, you don't know which one it is. You know, you don't know what's about to go wrong with your car. I don't know what's about to go wrong with my car. But if my car doesn't have a warranty, something's about to go wrong. This is why you need to have and enroll with CarShield. You need to have a protection plan. And you can get one that starts as low as $100 a month. It's flexible month-to-month coverage, so you're not locked into a long-term contract. You get to choose your ASE-certified mechanic, 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, complimentary towing, rental car options. You also will get no long-term contract. Now, they handle all of the paperwork and everything else, so it's not a hassle. But most importantly of all, while, they're, while you're not locked into a long-term You have a price lock guarantee. Your price will never go up. No matter how many claims you file, it won't go up. No matter how much mileage you put on your car after you sign a deal, it will never go up. No matter how many dollars might be printed by, let's say, somebody like a Romney. CarShield. Visit CarShield today. 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. CarShield.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck.
I'm going to be watching uh, the GOP debate at home alone tonight. Uh, whew, what a night I've got planned. I'm going to watch it so maybe you don't have to. I recommend that you do watch it. We have to find, you know, the right candidate. And uh, maybe the right candidate is going to be in Detroit tonight speaking to the auto workers. Very, very smart. Very smart of Donald Trump to do. Um, but the debate is happening tonight. Uh, and we'll tell you all about it tomorrow. And also, we are not going to be having a Glenn Beck special tonight, uh, Wednesday night at 9 usually. But because of the debate, we're postponing it. So we will do that tomorrow night. Also, I'm going to be um, giving an important address in uh, the Mountain America Exposition Center in Sandy, Utah, October 19th. You can get your tickets at eventbrite.com, eventbrite.com. It is um, an important speech that I think everybody, including your children, your older children, should hear. Tickets are only 10 bucks. Get them while they last. That's October 19th. The Glenn Beck Program.